Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners. I hope you're having a kick-ass day, or night, and that you're doing brilliant. Today, I've decided to do something different. Share some stories around a particular topic. Homelessness. Well aware this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I wanted to explore this just a little and see what you all think. I've selected some short stories and experiences and wanted to share them with you. Each one, I believe, has a moral, valuable information about being homeless and really provides insight into their needs. Having worked for organizations in the past that support homeless people, I know all too well the trials that each one of them face. But of course, nowhere near on the level of closeness or intimacy that they deal with daily. This isn't a preachy episode, don't stress. I just want to share some interesting stories, as well as some stats, some tips, and helpful survival information if you're ever homeless. And of course, to maintain privacy, I have not included any names. So, let's jump right on in. Story 1. I ended up being homeless in Reno the summer I turned 18, after partying and being a dumbass for several months. Eventually, my father bought me a Greyhound ticket to go to his house in Klamath Falls, but I had a couple of days to kill before the bus. I mostly just hung around the bus station downtown in the meantime. At one point, I was waiting in the bus station, and I asked this woman with a small daughter if I could have a dollar to get a snack out of the vending machine. She gave me a dollar and then disappeared. I said thank you and just hang out in the lobby some more, getting drinks out of the water fountain and biding my time. A little while later, this woman showed back up with a bag of groceries and hands it to me. It had chips, jerky, Pringles, sandwiches, water bottles, and other snacks plus $20 cash, all in a plastic grocery bag. She told me please don't spend it on alcohol, and I told her I wouldn't and said thank you so much. You have no idea how much I appreciate this. She got on the bus with her daughter, and I never saw her again. To this day, that remains one of the coolest things another human being has ever done for me. I wish I had some way of letting that woman know what an impression she made on me, and that I was able to work my way out of that rut and am happy and successful 15 years down the line. She inspires me to be more charitable and less cynical. She made a difference in a burnt-out loser's life, and I hope her and her daughter are happy and well. Story number two. I was homeless for a bit when I was 22. I had a car which I could sleep in, and it was a fairly big car, so that was nice. It was in August, September, and October, so it didn't get too cold, and I had a job, but not enough to afford anywhere. The biggest thing is letting somebody shower or clean themselves up. Being able to appear composed is a luxury. Going somewhere and having somebody say, Dude, are you okay? is the most demoralizing thing. Being able to go to work Having shaven and showered made me feel like a regular person, and not some bum or pariah. If you've got a homeless friend, but 
you don't have room, can't let them stay for other reasons or whatever, just letting them use your shower to clean themselves up can do so much. Chances are they're feeling pretty bad about themselves. When they look in the mirror, they see exactly what you see. The difference is that it doesn't follow you where you go like it does to them. Story number three. I was homeless for a year as a young adult and had figured everything out but a shower. I was lucky enough to have friends who let me sneak into their parents' house to take a shower every so often. I had a job, a car, and food, but a shower just wasn't doable. I am now 10 years past my homeless year and am in a really wonderful place in life. I realize giving a shower is difficult, so maybe a night at a cheap motel. Free gym pass to your gym with a shower. Dry shampoo, baby wipes, deodorant, tampons, pads for the lady homeless, lotion, sunscreen, chapstick. Basically, your everyday toiletries are a massive help. Story 4 I once was homeless for two and a half months. I was working full-time, but it was the start of a school year in a booming college town, and I had poor credit. So after I got evicted, I had nowhere to go. I took all of my important life belongings and stuffed them in my Jeep and slept in the Walmart parking lot before going to the Harris Teeter parking lot, which was more low-key and discreet. I had to take sleeping pills to fall asleep since my Jeep was cramped and I was literally laying across all my belongings. A woman, also in her 20s, noticed me sleeping in my Jeep for several weeks and left a free meal card for five guys on my windshield. When I woke up and opened my passenger door to pee, she was in her car beside me and made sure I noticed it. I was a little drowsy from the sleep pills, so I didn't thank her the way I should have, but the gesture meant the world to me. Not so much the food, although it did hit the spot, but just the gesture of goodwill brightened my spirits and reminded me that even when I was down on my luck, people cared and inspired me to pay it forward and get my life back on track. I didn't know her and never got to thank her properly, but it changed my perspective for the better. Number 5. I was walking down Usulid to a class I had and a homeless gentleman came up beside me. Being a girl who grew up in a small town, I wasn't used to it, and I was uncomfortable at first. But he was a really cool guy. Asked me if I was a student, what I was studying, and if I knew what I wanted to do once I got my degree. He was so polite, having this conversation with me. It felt like I was talking to someone I knew my whole life. He ended the conversation by asking if I had $5 so he could get some coffee for him and his wife. I gave him a few bucks and told him to have a great day and that he was great to talk to. I wish I had seen him again after that. I would have loved to have daily conversations with him. Story number six. I've been homeless twice, once at 15 and again at 17. Not the cool hipster living under a bridge homeless, but trash bag of clothes and shower in the locker room homeless. The first time was a bank foreclosure. My mother moved in with a friend afterwards and there was no room for me. The option was live with my father who would beat the shit out of me or be on the street. I chose the street. 
I was also still in school and working a weekend only, working at a minimum wage, just making about two hundred dollars every two weeks, enough to just cover food and give friends some gas money. It was a fucking long six months. Sometimes a perfectly normal human being, not on drugs or with mental illness, has no other option but choosing homelessness over beating. I could hide living on the streets from the school staff, but you can't hide black eyes. Story number seven: Spent 2007 to 2012 homeless. Most of that was my teenage years spent with my father, also homeless. The scariest thing is spending the evening in some homeless shelters, or out of them. In this case, I was in one in Portland, Maine. My dad was assigned a spot to sleep on the floor because they were overcrowded that day. They didn't have a spot for me, so I slept across the street in the garden of the local Catholic church, since the priests don't kick people out. It was a popular place to sleep when the shelter was overbooked. I remember sleeping in the grass near a couple. Who I overheard talk about robbing me for well over twenty minutes. I didn't let go of my knife all night. The most surreal moment was a short stint in 2010, when I walked into the 400 square foot studio apartment my dad had finally been able to afford for a short while, and asked him, "This is all ours." We lived like kings that few months. Story number eight. Lived out of my car for six months when I was sixteen to get away from my abusive mother. The scariest part was worrying that the authorities would find out. I didn't want to end up in foster care or forced back into the hell of living with my mother. I still went to school and I showered and sometimes stayed over at friends' houses if their parents were okay with it. If I thought friends' parents were getting worried about me being over so much, I would sleep in my car. Sometimes. Friends would sneak me in, and I would sleep on the floor of their bedrooms and sneak back out around five in the morning before their family woke. It was rough, but better than being abused and locked up at my mother's. Managed to get a job at a fast food place, and eventually a friend's church group found someone who rented me a small apartment at a discount rate. Only went up from there. I finished high school, and while I couldn't afford college. I considered myself more well-off than ever. It was the scariest and hardest time of my life. So after finding and reading these stories, I wanted to dig a bit deeper and get some information on ways to survive whilst homeless. If you find yourself in that position, so what I mean by that is, if you find that you're going to be evicted or you don't have somewhere to stay, so you're homeless temporarily, or hell, if you're homeless all the time. Maybe if you hear this, it could provide some I don't know survival skills. And this is information that's been provided to me directly and through some research. So let's dig into some good ideas. And by all means, if you have some insight, some knowledge, send it my way. So let's get started. The first one is pack essential documents. For example, your birth certificate, driver's license, credit cards, a means to identify yourself. It's absolutely critical in getting back on your feet with these documents. One really good tip was put them in a Ziploc bag to protect them from the rain. If you can manage a bag to store them in at all, any kind of bag, it'll protect those critical documents from the harsh environment. Now, I know this seems like logical sense, 
But sometimes in the chaos, these things get forgotten. Alongside this is, take a reasonable amount of clothes, not too much that you're slowing yourself down, not too little that you can't change them when you have to. Especially when it's raining, or you fall into mud or any other liquid, and there's no easy way to clean them without a shower. Alongside this, make sure you bring some bedding with you, any kind of padding or sleeping bag, even just something basic and soft so that when you get up, you're able to move and rest and recover quickly. Of course, it's a given to bring some kind of ID like I mentioned before, as well as money. But if you have a cell phone or a tablet or a laptop, one thing that I found really pertinent was all electronics should go in freezer bags if you have them. Before being stuck in your luggage, they're a really, really great way of maintaining safety on fine electronics. Now I know if you're on the road or you're on the move a lot, this becomes less practical. But if you have somewhere else to store them or some kind of way to move from one place to the other, these freezer bags are really useful and don't always cost an arm and a leg. Another really good point is clothing. Getting cold and wet can be a death sentence, no joke. Wool and flannel are some of the best ways to keep you warm even when wet. Other materials though, not so much. I could be wrong, but from what I've read and interpreted, those two types of materials are really good at maintaining heat and quite easy to dry. But I stand corrected if that's not the case. Would love to hear feedback on this particular one. Another one is reach out to your friends. Again, seems like a given, but sometimes life can get in the way. Whether it's personality or even physically unable to reach a phone. If you are able to get hold of them, explain the situation, talk about your options with them, and perhaps see if they can support you in some minor way, like a temporary place to stay, or even a shower to shave and clean up. The next point I've got here is contacting local shelters prior. So some stories I've read, they find themselves in a situation where they know they're going to become homeless. So contact shelters prior and do a scan of the ones in your area local and far away. You never know if the ones local to you are packed. So, doing a wide scan gives you more options, especially when you have the resources right in front of you. And then, develop a plan. Whether it be a roadmap or budget, find a way to get your thoughts together. That's really important. I know it's chaotic and traumatic. No one ever thinks they're going to be in that situation. But of course, it can happen to any of us and plans are where it's at. But if you can plan things out just ahead of time, that's gonna give you a big edge. On top of that, if you have no computer, no way to access the internet, go to your library. Seek contact information on shelters from them. Ask them to help you search. Librarians are excellent record keepers and researchers. If you ask for their support, they'll be able to help you out using keywords and topics online to guide your search to find exactly what you need regarding shelters and homelessness support. Understandably, that's not their focus, but their skill set is incredibly useful. Use your ID to get a foot in the door and explain your situation. Find not-for-profits to provide support as well. And hell, even find a church, a local church, and see if they can offer you support regarding technology, food, showers, lodging. You never know until you ask. Sometimes churches and local community areas will even provide first aid, water bottles, or even breakfast bars where possible. And further to the point of local libraries, ask them for newspapers. 
ask them for advice on local community places like churches in your area for on-job support or any way you can help with regarding labor. It's one of the easier ways to get your foot in the door on getting back on top. And lastly, try your best to secure a car. I know it's not always possible, but having a car does wonders. After scouring online, I found a subreddit called Van Dwellers, and no joke, they cover ideas and examples of cars that would allow some kind of comfortability when it comes to living in. So that could be a place to check. And that's all my tips for now. I genuinely hope they helped or even provided some basic insight. I won't go into any sort of social recommendations or anything like that because they're really, really complicated. But maybe later, maybe in another episode. And of course, I do understand that this is a very, very different episode than most. There was absolutely no trigger for this one. But I wanted to share some stories, some insight, and some thoughts around this topic. And welcome the chance for any feedback around this. I'm all ears, and if I've got something woefully wrong, please let me know. Before I sign out, I want to share some homelessness stats with you as well. This is directly from the Australian Homelessness website, but it might give you an interesting idea of the demographic that get affected, and in what way. And despite most of you awesome listeners being in America, this could give perhaps some comparative data for you in understanding homelessness a bit further. So right now, currently, there are 105,237 people in Australia who are homeless. And of that makeup, 56% are male and 44% are female. 30% of all of these people are born overseas. And of their accommodation, 6% live in improvised dwellings, tents, or sleeping outside. 20% are in supported accommodation for the homeless. 17% are staying temporarily with other households. 17% are in boarding houses, 1% are in temporary lodging, and 39%, as you probably could expect, are in severely overcrowded dwellings. And if we drill a little bit deeper, let's have a look at how old they are. We have 17% of that population under 12. We have 10% of that population under 18, 19 to 24, 15%, 25 to 34, 18%, 35 to 44, 14%, 45 to 54, 12%, 55 to 75, 14%. The lowest figure out of the lot was 75 and over at 2%. And the highest out of all was 25-year-olds to 34-year-olds at 18%. So take these numbers for what they're worth, and it might paint a picture in your head on the spectrum of people that could make up that demographic. So today's been a very unique episode, I think. Very different to what I normally do, sharing some stories and experiences. I will be returning tomorrow to some creepypastas and definitely some fan stories. But I hope this was interesting, provided you some insights that you may have not been aware of before, and explored a small slice of a huge, huge topic that I might revisit later. Depending on the feedback. Who knows, you might really like it, and some of you might really hate it. <laughs> but I'll never know until you let me know. So a big thank you to you for listening. And as always, till next time.